Friday the 13th of September here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Draft Kings podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the Lineup Builder tool now on DraftSharks.com. And you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at fansharesports.com. If you head over to draftsharks.com right now, you can read all of Jared's top picks for playing on DraftKings this weekend. And I should probably highly recommend doing so because the guy just smoked me in round one of the Crown is Ass Challenge. Jared, what are your takeaways from your 201-point effort? Uh, it was fun. It was fun. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think that the key, obviously, was, was Christian McCaffrey. And mm-hmm. I, I don't think not playing him was a mistake last week because there were so many good running back valleys. I, I just happened to land on him and he put up 46 points. So that was nice. Yeah. I suffered for Tevin Coleman getting hurt was wrong about the chargers D. I mean, otherwise I think the decisions were okay. I probably should have tried a little harder to make Christian McCaffrey fit. You know, I did have Dalvin cook in there, so yep. we'll see both back at it though this week. And you'll be able to see who we're playing against each other in round two come Saturday morning in the free post for this podcast on DraftSharks.com. right now though, you can hear about some of our favorite options with Jared starting us off. How about a cash quarterback? Uh, Jared Goff for me, 5,900 bucks. And he is obviously coming off a dud in week one, but that was in Carolina. And we've, we've sort of seen now dating back to last season, Goff has not been nearly as good on the road as he has at home. Last season at home, he averaged 342 yards and 2.8 touchdowns per game. I think this Saints-Rams game should be a shootout. Vegas agrees, 52 point over under the Rams have a 27.25 point implied total that's the fourth highest on the week Saints of course just coughed up that big game to Deshaun Watson 268 passing yards three passing touchdowns 8.9 yards per attempt so I think Goff and the Rams passing game bounce back here I I agree I have no problem with Jared Goff there I'm starting the cash decisions with Derek Carr at 5100 basically because his big thing is that price I mean it's so much lower than all the other Similarly attractive options on there. Yep. Uh, it's a great spot against Kansas City. We all know what Kansas City did against Jacksonville last week, which was not a whole lot. Gardner Minshew, 22 of 25 in that game, 275 yards in his first NFL action. I'll also give a look at Andy Dalton, 5,400 at home against the Niners, but I don't see a whole lot separating him and Derek Carr, so I might as well save those $300. Yep, with you, I like Carr, and I think he's in play for tournaments too, even. Yeah, I agree. So what about on the tournament side for you? Yeah, my favorite tournament quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger. I, I play Big Ben when he's at home in tournaments, and, and we'll see because, you know, so Ben, over the last three seasons, averaged 309 yards and 2.6 touchdowns per game at home. All those obviously came with Antonio Brown. So, you know, we'll see that that's why he's not a cash play for me is because we don't know if he's going to, you know, have this massive production at home without AB, but I think there's still a good chance. Uh, the matchup's good here too, uh, against Seattle, who obviously just gave up that 418 yard game to Andy Dalton. We do know at least that he has the chin of a mating frog. <laughs> nice. Tournament side, like you said, I'll play Derek Carr there as well. He's projected for under 10% ownership and that makes me fine with, the 15% ownership projection for Tyrell Williams. But 
I've got Jared Goff at 5,900 there. Again, here, he's projected for double-digit ownership, right around 10%, a little bit over. But I'm not going to worry too much about that or the same number for Cooper Cup because it's not that high, and I think that they are good bets for production this week together. Jared already mentioned the averages for Jared Goff at home last season. Cooper Cup in a prime position to produce. I'm sure we'll talk about him again in a few minutes on this show. Great Mm -hmm. matchup. I think that... You know, there's never we're never sure what's going to happen with these guys, and especially when we talk about the passing game, where it takes the quarterback having time to throw, targeting your receiver, and your receiver catching it. But these two are about as sure a bet as we get on the slate. And if you do want to avoid double-digit ownership on Cooper Cup, or even just differentiate another way, I think you can toss Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods in the lineup, Todd Gurley in the lineup. You can go away from Cup. You can include Cup and another one of those guys. Lots to play with. I think there's. it's a good slate for building multiple Jared Goff plus whomever lineups. Yeah, that's exactly what I was just going to say. The tough part with the Rams passing game stacks is you never know which wide receiver to pair with Goff. So if you are going that direction, I would make multiple lineups and sort of mix and match Cup, Woods, and Cooks. But yeah, Cup, Cup is my favorite among those wide receivers this week. Mm-hmm. Over at running back, what you got for cash? I mean, Josh Jacobs at 4700 bucks. I, I kind of don't know how you don't play him. All the Raiders' prices didn't adjust from week one because that was the late Monday night game and the salaries were already out by then. And, and you know, Jacobs played a feature role in that opener, played 74% of the Raiders' offensive snaps, handled 23 of the 26 running back carries. He did see just one target. I guess that's maybe the one question with him is what will Jacobs' role be if the Raiders are playing from behind, but he was a good pass catcher at Alabama. So I'd expect him to be involved in the passing game. If, if I was, if I was pricing Jacobs this week right now, I'd have him in like the low 6,000. So, so we're getting like a nearly $2,000 discount on him. Yeah. And even there, I think he'd still be in play. And Mike Mayock called him a three down back right after they drafted him. So they clearly believe he can catch the ball. I'm going to throw out Austin Eckler at 6,100 bucks. 12 carries to Justin Jackson six last week. So obviously sharing some, but the clear leader on that front. More importantly, Eckler had seven targets to rank second among Chargers that week. Hunter Henry's out now with his leg injury. Mike Williams will see with his knee, even if he plays. I mean, there's risk to Mike Williams. I think ultimately the target ceiling for Austin Eckler reaches into the double digits. It wouldn't even be the first time in his career that he got to 10 targets, got to 11 once last year. Eckler's got five games of five-plus catches in his career to date, and he has not been the featured running back that often. So they clearly believe in his receiving. And that receiving role just raises the floor for him here. And obviously, along with that, raises the ceiling as well. Yeah, I think Eckler is still you know close to $1,000 underpriced with that pass-catching role with the full PPR on DraftKings. So I like that call. Well, thank you. What about tournament running back? I wrote about this in my article this week. I'm I'm really trying to force myself to not get too fancy at running back and try to play these off the wall plays just because they're low owned. I, I just want to play the best running backs and then, you know, get contrarian at other positions. So James Conner for me, sixty eight hundred bucks. He's a cash game option. Um, I'm gonna play him in tournaments, especially, you know, it doesn't it doesn't help when these guys are low owned and Connor's projected at seven percent ownership. So um, you know, week one was a dud for all the Steelers. I still, again, expect the offense to to bounce back back at home on Sunday. And Connor got the workhorse usage in the preseason, looked awesome. I still expect 
Connor, when the game is close, to be the guy in there for the Steelers. I think, you know, he's a good bet for 20-plus touches this week. He would be my comfiest bet among Steelers for a bounce-back week this week because I mm-hmm. don't see how their, their offensive line would all of a sudden be terrible. I don't think they're going away from James Connor uh, for touches. And, you know, I do think Seattle could win, but I can't envision Seattle dominating Pittsburgh and taking – game flow away from James Conner. So I feel better about him having a bounce back than anybody else in Pittsburgh. So I'm with that as well. On the tournament side for me, maybe after this week, it'll look like an off the wall pick, but I'm going to go ahead and throw out carry on Johnson at 5,700 bucks. Mm-hmm. The lions want to be a running team. They made that clear with their offseason moves. They started trending that way before bringing Daryl Bevel in as the offensive coordinator. It didn't really happen in week one. I think that's going to keep the ownership down along with carry on Johnson's, you know, disappointing production there. But he is the lead back. I think week one will look back and it'll look kind of like his worst case scenario. And even then, it was still 57% of the running back carries. He tied for the backfield target lead. They weren't big numbers, but they were still you know, in charge of the backfield and at least sharing the receiving work. I think we're going to see both of those numbers rise, both his share of carries and his total targets this week against the Chargers. The Chargers ranked second worst in the league in week one for rush defense DVOA, according to Football Outsiders. They allowed the Colts to rack up 376 total yards, which I believe would have been their the third largest total that the Chargers allowed all of last season. So mm-hmm. I think that Detroit's a good bet to move the ball, and I still think that Carrion Johnson is going to lead what they want to do in the backfield. So when you combine the upside with the uncertainty of the role, though, and kind of the up- uncertainty of the offense in general, that's what keeps him in tournament territory for me. Yeah, I like it. I mean, I, I tried to be contrarian and play carry on Johnson last week. Didn't work out. So, so you know, I probably won't use him this week, but I, I agree. He, he makes sense as a tournament play. Mm-hmm. And it's, he's not like a, I got to play carry on Johnson in tournaments, yeah. but I, I think he's one player who we could look back after Sunday and be like, oh yeah, that made sense that he had a good game against the Chargers. Yep. All right. Wide receiver, what you got for cash? Um, my cash game play, we already talked about him. Cooper Cup, 6,000 bucks. Um, you know, he, he looked like Cooper Cup in, in his first game back from that torn ACL, um, played 89% of the Rams offensive snaps, ran a route on 91% of Jared Goff's drop back. So he, he's already back to being a full-time player. And like we said, he gets that plus matchup against PJ Hill in the slot. Uh, Cup went five catches, 89 yards, and one score in that game against the Saints last season. Yeah, PJ Williams, of course. My pick is my boo. It's Tyrell Williams, and it's 4400 mm-hmm. bucks. And you mentioned the pricing. 4,400. He's the clear number one receiver for Oakland. He drew 27% of the week one targets, and that's even with Darren Waller beating him in targets in that week. It's a concentrated pass offense. That's going to keep the target count up. And yet we've got Tyrell Williams priced like a wide receiver three or wide receiver four. I don't care about his own rate being around 15% because I, even if he, drags me down even if he disappoints or gets hurt in this game a $4,400 receiver is not killing my lineup I can spend money elsewhere to make up for to you know to buy insurance on anything that might happen there and of course the matchup is with a pass defense that let Gardner Minshew average 11 yards per pass attempt last week in his very first NFL action yeah, love Tyrell, big value. But th- my problem on DraftKings this week is all these Raiders are underpriced, and it's like, how, how many Raiders do you really want in your lineup? I I don't know, but I think Darren Waller is the one I'm I'm passing on. Really? Tyrell is the one I'm playing most often, and then after that, I'm okay with two. I think in a lineup. 
Yeah, I'm trying to limit myself to two, at least in a cash game lineup. I mean, in tournaments, you could stack, you know, Carr with Waller and Williams or even throw Jacobs in there. Um, I think Jacobs is the guy I'm going to prioritize just because of that volume at the price tag. Um, then let's move on to tight ends because Darren Waller is my favorite cash game tight end at 3300 bucks. Um, you know, I, I think that's a thousand plus cheaper than he should be after playing 100 percent of the offensive snaps in the opener team high 31 percent target share it really looked like waller was the, the feature guy in that passing game and he gets a chief's defense that allowed the third most fantasy points to tight ends last year yeah i'm fine with you jumping on and talk about him but how about if we go back to tournament wideouts before we uh before <laughs> i say anything about tight ends way too excited about darren waller <laughs> that's uh, that's my issue with darren waller this week way too much excitement <laughs> No, but hit, hit us with the tournament wide up. Yeah, I'm going uh, Will Fuller here. Talked about him on the FanDuel podcast. I think he's in play on DraftKings, too, at 5300 bucks. The Jags cornerbacks weren't good last week. Jalen Ramsey, A.J. Boye both got lit up. You know, Fuller only saw the three targets last week, but I, you know, I, I think he is a candidate to see a lot more going forward. He was on the field for 97% of the Texans' offensive snaps. We know Fuller really should always be in play for tournaments. He has that upside. Um, he topped... 24 DraftKings points in three of his seven games last season. We'll see what Kiki Cutie has to say about that. I'm also going to petition the league, I think, to make the official pronunciation AJ Bouye. I'd sign that petition. (laughs) Tournament wideout for me is Marquez Valdez-Scantling at $4,600. I don't trust the Packers to run the ball well this week against the Vikings. I think the throwing will at least be okay. And I think that Marquez Valdez-Scantling could be a big reason for that being okay or better. He will get Trey Waynes primarily in coverage. According to Pro Football Focus, the Packers targeted Waynes six times in coverage in each of their two meetings last year. They completed 11 of those 12 passes. Waynes allowed passer ratings of 105.6 and 113.9 on throws into his coverage in those games. In his lone game so far this year, he allowed a 149.3 passer rating on six targets and five catches into his coverage against the Falcons. I think Valdez Scantling has lots of upside. I think he's in play for cash lineups as well. Yeah, I'd agree with that. You know, he's he's pretty similar similar to Fuller. I think MVS might be a guy who we kind of want to get in tournament lineups every week this year just because the role he's playing in that offense. So now we'll go to tight end where you already spilled the tea on uh, Waller, a Darren Waller. My top tight end, the guy I'm targeting first, regardless of contest type, is Vernon Davis. Thirty two hundred bucks. 17th in price among main slate tight ends. Jordan Reed, we have learned, is out again with his concussion. Vernon Davis still got it. He can run. He's always been able to run. Now he gets Dallas. Dallas allowed the eighth most PPR points to the position last year. It allowed a huge receiving line to Evan Engram in week one. 11 catches, 114 yards, one touchdown. And Washington, I mean, they threw for a bunch of yards last week and three touchdowns. And we love Terry McLaurin already, but it's easy to forget that Washington kind of lacks proven commodities among the pass catchers. Mm -hmm. Certainly, I would say nobody in that group is more proven at this point than Vernon Davis. So, you know, maybe we have a down week overall for Washington and Vernon Davis is a leader in that group. In any event, that's just one more like potential upside thing for a guy who's priced way down the list. Yeah, I think Davis makes sense. I I think in general, you want to go cheap at tight end and cash games this week. I think Waller, Vernon Davis, and I'd throw TJ Hawkinson in the mix too, who's still just 3000 bucks. I I think that's as cheap as he's going to be the rest of the season. Yeah, I'm mad at myself for not giving myself time to realize how cheap TJ Hawkinson was last week. Yeah, me too. Um, Who else are you interested in tight end? 
Um, so for tournaments, I think Travis Kelsey and George Kittle are both going to be lower owned than they should be because both guys were, you know, semi disappointing in week one. And because there's all these cheap tight ends that are big values. Um, I mean, we know the upside Kelsey and Kittle bring, but you know, j- just so people know Patrick Mahomes overthrew Travis Kelsey wide mm-hmm. open in the end zone in week one, that would have given him obviously a much bigger game. George Kittle, First of all, he had 10 targets. Second of all, he had two touchdowns negated by penalty. So he also could have had a massive game. So I think one or both of these guys is going to have that, you know, big breakout game in week two. Yeah, and I laughed because it was a no-look pass from Patrick Mahomes <laughs> yep. where they, they somebody posted the replay on Twitter and he said, I'd probably owe him lunch or something for that. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so look for Mahomes to uh, pepper Kelsey early with targets to make up for that. Yeah, I have no argument against Kelsey. He is sitting second in projected ownership right now. I don't think a 13% ownership projection is a reason to not play him I, he, I mean he could have 150 yards and two touchdowns and be the tight end that you have to play if you want to win big money so Delaney Walker at 3,500 I'm also interested in two touchdowns last week he's been Marcus Mariota's number one receiver for most of Mariota's career so a fine target bet and I don't really feel the need myself to climb beyond Jimmy Graham at this position 3,700 you know we'll see if I have money laying around but for now, I'm going to start out looking at guys from that spot and below. Jimmy Graham's matchup is good against a team that allowed Austin Hooper nine catches last week. I might get a little Jared Cook at 4700 bucks in a tournament lineup if the Rams are without Eric Weddle, who's in the concussion protocol. The Rams are expecting Weddle to play, but he still has to pass through the protocol to be active for the game. Yep, those guys make sense. Again, I, I think that there are those you know, excellent values down below 4,000 bucks. We, we should probably mention Evan Ingram too, though. I mean, 5,200 bucks. I think that's only 400 more than he was last week. Saw the 14 targets is as good a target bet this week as any tight end. Yeah, definitely a good target bet, but Buffalo have also played tight ends tougher at times, I believe. Right? Yeah, yeah. They've been a good tight end defense. They were last year at least, but again, you know, if you can pretty much pencil Ingram in for 10 targets, I think, I think he's a good bet at that price tag. Yeah. Uh, over at Flex, what do you like this week? Uh, it's going to be a running back for me as usual, and I like the um, range with Austin Eckler. Uh, I, think, I think I think Damian Williams is in play too, even on DraftKings here. With the full point PPR, obviously helps him for 5800 bucks. I agree with those guys. I think Gio Bernard's worth considering if Joe Mixon's out. I think Joe Mixon is worth considering for a, a tournament yeah. if he's in because he's going to be low-owned because of that ankle. Obviously, it will be risky tournament only for him. John Brown at 5,200, Duke Johnson at 5,000 are cheaper options that I think are worth a look. John Brown, of course, led the Bills in targets last week, has another fine matchup this week against the Giants pasty that got lit up in Dallas. And Duke Johnson, I mean, you know, we liked him a lot heading into the season. He carried one fewer time than Carlos Hyde in the opener, but he also saw a lot more targets. If mm-hmm. Jacksonville's ready to cover better this week, maybe Duke Johnson gets more important. In any event, I think he's at least worth considering in a strong offense that we expect plenty of points from in a tournament lineup down there. Yeah. And with all the tight end values we talked about, I think this is a week you can use tight end, tight end in the flex. Yeah. Possibility. What do you like for defense? Um, The Texans, I think are my favorite at 2,800 bucks. Um, I mean, Gardner Minshew was impressive last week, but I'm I'm not going to, you know, call him a quarterback. We need to be worried about. We'll see how he does now on the road against a much better Texans defense than, than the chiefs defense he faced in the opener. Yeah, I mean, that looks like a pricing mistake. Uh, I mean, yeah. they, they are at home. They're facing a rookie quarterback, a sixth-round quarterback in his first start, and they were a top-five fantasy defense last year. I know the Texans didn't put up 
big fantasy points in week one, but they were at New Orleans. I was surprised to find their price. Right. Yep. I think for a tournament field, the Bengals at 2,600 are worth a look. If you're worried about own rate, Broncos at 2,700 are also interesting down in that range with plenty of upside against the Bears. Yeah, I like both D's in that Broncos Bears game in tournaments. Broncos, I think, are a good value. You know, the Bears, you got to pay up for them at 3900 bucks, but I also think that price tag is going to keep people off them. You know, I think if people are paying up, I think the Ravens and Patriots, who are a bit cheaper, are probably both going to be more popular than the Bears. Yeah, and the way I like to attack defense is start with a low priced, my favorite, you know, low priced target in there, build mm-hmm. the rest of my lineup, and then if there's money left over, then I'll go up and see if I want a more expensive defense. Yeah, yep, exactly what I do. That's going to do it for this week two DraftKings podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com now to read all of Jared's top picks for playing on DK this weekend. Check out our full week two rankings. Mess around with the lineup builder tool. Try to win yourself some money this weekend. Check back Saturday morning and you can see who Jared and I are playing against each other in round two of the Crown His Ass Challenge. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at DraftSharks. Jared is at SmolaDS. I am at ShaufDS. That's S-C-H-A-U-F. For Jared Smoll and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew, I'm Matt Schaaf saying thanks so much for swimming with us.